London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. Glad you're with us here as we take you up until noon on the bmw of des moines guest list at the bottom of the hour uh, we're going to move michael swain into today's uh, guest list rather than keep him until tomorrow because uh the coordinators uh, uh, iowa state's football coordinators tom manning john haycock both met with the media on friday so rather than give that an extra 24 hours we thought we'd get uh, michael swain in here today to recap what he heard, what they said um, as they met the media on Friday. So we'll take a look at Iowa State, whose media availabilities, according to Dave Sproul, have come to an end until next week when um, uh, Matt Campbell will address the media at the Game Week media presser. Yes, the Game Week media presser. So Michael Swain at the bottom of the hour. Mitch Holtis is back with us live. I believe this will be his final week of daily updates as uh, once we get through the uh, preseason schedule, kind of uh, shuts down for a while, and we get to him once a week during the uh, regular season. We're grateful to that. So, uh, Papa John's of Central Iowa, they sponsor uh, Mitch Holtis's daily appearances, uh, at least for the remainder of this week. He'll join us at about 10.50. At 11.05, Matt Snyder, Trent, and I will toss uh, toss the baseball around, little MLB conversation uh, with Matt Snyder at 11.05, and then Scott Dockerman on the Hawks, and on the Big Ten uh, at 11.30 as we take you until noon. Well, final weekend, final Friday night off. Yeah. As uh, you have your high school football duties starting on Friday, did you have a good weekend? Yeah, Jack's second birthday party. Friday night was filled with filling balloons. Yes. One of my least favorite things in the world. I hate balloons. It gives me a headache blowing into that thing. And we we have a machine for it. We have this little contraption. It looks like you blow up like a... Uh, air mattress. Mm-hmm. You just put the balloon on there. I can't tie balloons. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. So that's how my weekend got started. But birthday party was worth it. The little man, the dinosaur theme was right up his alley. Nice. He had a smile ear to ear and got a little man too. And well, luckily he was taking a nap during the Bears game uh, before his party on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. Um I, I'm guessing that that didn't set well with you. The best quarterback on the field was one that got away. Yeah, at least for yesterday. Yeah. Or at least best for preseason this week. quarterback. Right. I'm right. fine. Um, but you know what? And I'm fine that uh, the Trubisky had the game that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was good to see. It really was. I thought, you know, coming back to a city that um, it just didn't work out. And you know, you got to perform when you're when you're a professional athlete. And he didn't get it done. Uh, he's in a good spot now. He gets to sit behind Josh Allen. Uh, but at least for one day, he didn't go out there and embarrass himself and and give Bears fans, yeah, yeah, yeah see. We were right. right. He looked good. He, he did. He looked good. I thought maybe the biggest takeaway from that game. Uh, didn't come in the game. It came after the game. Justin Fields' statement that he put out. Did you see it? No. Oh my God! I gotta find it. When he was talking about, don't uh, let me find this. I want to read it to you. Okay. Don't look for it. All right. Let me find it and see if I can. Uh, I know John Walters retweeted it this morning, or, or maybe I'll find it on his Twitter account. Of course, I won't. So this is Justin Fields this is after Justin the game. Fields, so I'm going to search him. This, All right. Uh, yeah. Sometime I don't know when it was. 
Uh, by the way, did you see him get his clock clean? Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Um, well, I can't find it. All right. Well, I'll see if I can find it. You'll find it quicker than I will. But anyways, and I'm paraphrasing, he came out and he said, you know, don't boo Andy. Uh, he's, he's he's the quarterback. He's the the, the coach that are uh, the the QB that the coaches believe gives them the best shot. Gosh, damn it! <laughs> Not coming up, huh? Oh, that's right. I had it this morning. You had it this morning. All right. Well, well, apparently they took it down at least on my Twitter. Okay. Uh but anyways, uh, look for it yourselves, folks. Um, it uh, it just shows you the. Um, the maturity of this quarterback, uh, the fact that he gets it, that he um, it's, it's not about weeks one, week two of this season. It's about going forward. You know, this is the long term QB uh, in, in Chicago. That's who they want. That's why they drafted him. And that's certainly what he's shown the fan base that he's going to be um, able to live up to that. At least we think at this point in his career. And it's not only his raw ability on the field, it's the makeup between the years. The fact that this guy absolutely gets it. Uh, so that was um, that was good to read. Anyways, and I'm sure you can find it out there because I'm challenged when it comes to this. <laughs> Apparently you are too. Well, I'm I mean, not challenged. I'm looking. It's harder to find than you'd think. Well, what did he say though? He just said I, it's his job. It's Dalton's I job. I have to find the tweet. Okay. Because it's doing it no justice, me trying to bungle my way through this. All right. <laughs> All right. I've found four tweets that he put out, none of them were which. Let's move on into right. baseball because I'm. This you is can a hit the like week. button, and then when you hit the like button, you yeah, just. But then everybody sees what I'm liking. Who cares? Eh. Who gives a crap? You're the only one that cares about things like that. I don't want to clog up the people. It that doesn't clog up their feet. feet. In fact, I have it set up where I don't have to see that crap. Seriously? Yes. You want that? Yes. Yeah. It's very simple. All you do, go to your settings and yep. say. And you can also set up, do you have it where it'll put a, bu- put a bunch of tweets at the top? No. You have it at least in order. I think. Yeah. Because that was something that used to annoy the crap out of me. I'd open up Twitter, it'd be things from four, six, eight hours ago right. that I didn't want to see. Now, it's actually in real time, the way that it's set up. But yeah, you can get rid of that too, and I, I would guess majority people have that. You don't want to see what people are no, liking. No, I'm, I'm with you. Look, it was towards the top of my feed, but the Big Ten sent out a uh, immediate notice today how they're going to handle a COVID shutdown. Uh-huh. And every single person <laughs> I follow, all 45 or all 200 of them, apparently, uh, retweeted the same damn thing. <laughs> Anyways. Isn't it crazy how that happens? Yes, it is. But you know what? Um, look, the Big Ten's doing the right thing, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so what else from over the weekend? The Vikings... I, I tried to watch it. That's just it was it was a tough watch. You know who wasn't a tough watch? Amir Smith Marset. Amir Smith Marset is going to make this football team. Mm-hmm. He's not going to make this football team as a member of the practice squad. He is going to be on the roster, and especially with Kane Nwango, who his injury continues to linger. Uh, I don't believe that that's going to prevent him from getting a spot, Nwango. But what I will say is there is no doubt in my mind, Amir Smith-Marset, who had returned punts and kicks and did so um, that he had to open up Simmer's eyes. Yeah, absolutely. This is a Vikings team, though. I know it's preseason, and you don't want to overreact. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm reacting at the mm-hmm. very least. Maybe not overreacting, mm-hmm. just reacting to what I've seen the first two weeks. Not exactly. They can't good. score. No. And, well, all right, Cousins, first game, uh-huh. didn't have this one. What did he play? Four drives, I think it was. 
they're just something off. There's something that doesn't feel right. And you wonder if it's inside that locker I room. I don't know. I, they say no. They, they say right. no. I, I mean, to to a man, they come on. That's not an issue. That's it not an issue. It feels like a cloud, us. though, just hanging over there. Well, because it's inevitable, Trent. I mean, you got to think that this is going to happen. I mean, they're good news today, right? They're the, mm-hmm. With Pfizer, we'll we'll see. Does that is that going to change some people's opinion and uh, and get them, you know, to um, you know what's going to do? It's going to, I think, cause a lot of chiropractors in Central Iowa to be very busy over the next week because there's a lot of folks that are going to throw out their backs moving these goalposts. Oh, sure, right. As long as it's got FDA approval, yeah, then well, I'll jump aboard. Right. Well, that, yeah. that is long, short term, though. It wasn't a long enough study. Uh, anyways, I don't want to talk about that. I wish everybody would. I know everybody won't. Um, so to back back to your point on the Vikings, it was a... But that's a conversation with the Vikings every single time. It and has it, it, to be. It stinks. Mm-hmm. It, but that is a realistic... If you're betting on the Vikings preseason, that has to be lingering mm-hmm. over your head. If you're a Vikings fan, if, if that is Right, if you're betting on the win, season win totals. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you, the the quarterback uh, situation in um, Jake Browning, I mean, please, yeah, yeah. that was he, he's atrocious. Kellen Mond's got a long, a way long to go. way. To I go. thought he would be more ready than too. he's looked these first I two weeks. Too. He's looked bad. Yes, he has. He can move around a little uh-huh. bit. That's about it. Mm-hmm. He's been bad, and outside of that, yeah, there's not a whole lot mm-hmm. there. You thought Kellen Mond? Oh, just next season he'll be able to take over Cousins. Uh, he looks more developmental. Then you go there. I didn't see the Packers. Did you? No, see? I didn't. I, didn't I know they were on one of the overflows. I, yeah, you know what? Uh, they um, somebody tweeted out the the list of um, uh, guys that aren't going to play. Mm-hmm. Trend. It was it was no point in even watching the game. I thought. I mean, there was there was hardly anybody in. You know who wasn't um, our tiebreaker in Claxons? Do, do you remember what our tiebreaker was? Total yards by Lazard. The right? reception yards for Lazard. He didn't play. He didn't play. Huh? So the answer is zero. So is it whoever went low? Right. They're in good shirt. Shape you? You weren't excited about the Kurt Ben Kurt no, era? No, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. You could have given me a dozen guesses. You can give me fifty guesses. Mm-hmm. I couldn't guess where that guy went to college. Feels like I know where almost every guy that's at least taken preseason snaps. Where does he go to college? Where did he go to college? Virginia. Don't remember him one iota. I don't either. How about the other guy, Jacob Dolgala? No, nope. he went to Central Connecticut State. Hmm. Woof! That is the Packers quarterback room. When you don't get the first couple of guys playing, Ben Kirk and Dolgala, they lose to the Jets. Yeah, they they could they they could uh, baseball from over the weekend. What did you watch baseball wise? Uh, you know what, Trent? I had a terrible day yesterday. Let me just start with this because mm-hmm. I settled in yesterday to watch baseball. Yeah. No, but my wife was out. I don't. There's nothing going to be, honey. Yes, dear. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Gonna watch, so I was gonna watch my Jays. Oh, okay. Uh, and I settled in, and I watched. I was watching the Jays and the Tigers. Miguel Cabrera hits his 500th home run to tie the game at one apiece. You know what? That's um, I was glad for him because mm-hmm. he's been a hell of a player, and that's a pretty big number. And it's probably pretty cool for you to be see it live. Yes, and, and I was. Um, yeah. I was watching it. So we go to the bottom of the ninth, and the Jays lead. I think it's three two at that point, and there's mm-hmm. two out, and there's a routine ground ball. Not even routine. This routine would have been tougher than this ground ball was. To the starting American League's starting all-star second baseman, Marcus Simeon, who fields the ball about, I don't know, 20 feet away from Vladimir Guerrero. Two out. Slow runner all day. Bounce the ball in the dirt. Run scores from second. Ties the game. Into extra innings we go. And I didn't see the end. 
and that was it for you. I I couldn't believe it. I I knew how it was going to end yeah. because I mean this is a second that's the All Star. I get it. Everybody has these errors, right? But on the most routine of routine plays, you could be. And I was pissed off for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. And I didn't watch any more sports. Oh, really? I didn't watch. I didn't watch the NFL game last night. I didn't watch any more baseball. I just decided that's enough. Take some time away. It's about to get really busy, and you won't have those opportunities. I was. Remember a couple of weeks ago you came in and you're, you're fit to be tied. Uh-huh. I kind of felt that way yesterday. Yeah. I mean, how does this happen? Two outs. You throw the ball 20 feet to the first baseman like you've done a million times. And you bounce the ball. And Guerrero was so shocked that the ball was <laughs> the, the bounced in front of him that he wasn't ready to you know try and make the play. Right. And the ball gets away, the tying run scores, and indexed innings, and we know that. We've seen that movie before. 5-3, drive home safely. 5-3, drive home. Well, I guess. I, I didn't see it anyways. There's a part of that, though, and, and I think I brought this up to you before, but because those moments don't come very often for, I don't think, you and me anymore. Mm-hmm. We're very calloused. Yeah. We watch a lot of sports. Right. Though we have rooting interests, it's kind of even out. There are those highs and lows, those ebbs and flows, but every once in a while, they're just a moment. They're just a play. Yeah. They're just a game that gets under your skin. And yeah, at the time, it ticks you off. Mm-hmm. And you're really upset. And your blood pressure's raising. And it shouldn't be because it's just a game ultimately. But then you kind of look back and say, I'm glad I still have that. I still, I'm still yeah. the kind of fan that I still get. I'm not so callous right. that it just water off a duck's back and right. I move on and whatever. That it still does because ultimately, that's what makes you a mm-hmm. sports fan. Mm-hmm. Those angry moments. The highs... And the lows, that's a big part of what makes sports what it is. No, I, I agree with you, and it, it certainly got me yesterday. All right, guess what I did? I found the statement. You found the statement. Yes, I did. Look so at this, you. This was at, this. He was asked if uh, if he noticed the, um, you know, when he's sitting on the bench and you're hearing the booze for for Dalton and the and the cheers and the chanting uh, of his name before he was even in the game. And this was his response. Yeah, I noticed it. Of course, the fans are awesome. They also have to realize Andy's a human being too. Andy's on the field right now, so I realize. So I really think it's kind of disrespectful to Andy them cheering my name out like that. They have to trust in the coach to make sure he's making the right decisions. Just cheer him on, you know. That's not helping Andy play better. That's not helping Andy play better to cheer my name. My advice to them: just cheer who's ever on the field. That's a that's a that's a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. talking about the guy who ultimately he's going to take his job. A week, two weeks, three weeks into the regular season, at some point he's going to get the gig. But it, it, but he's he's mature enough to realize, you know, tap the brakes right now. You, I'm going to be the guy sooner or rather than later. But you know, this isn't doing Andy Dalton any good. You treating him like this is your team. He's wearing your jersey. You know, cut him some slack. Aaron Donald's going to be running him down a week one. Be ready. Right. And you don't need to boo as it's happening. Right. He's the, the sacrificial lamb to Aaron Donald. He's going to be. And if the Bears get off to a 1-3 and three start, right, then you'll see Justin Fields. And this is one of those quotes that you just said there. These are the kind of things with Justin Fields that it's more than just the talent. There hasn't been a misstep, Trent. Right. It's more than what you see. You flip on that tape of the Clemson game last year. And a guy that is playing injured, and he just wows you. Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It's those kind of quotes. It's a guy that gets it, a guy that understands, a guy that's putting the work in, too. Something I, I read last week, after practice was over, it wasn't he was just going out and he was playing catch with a guy after practice. He was out and he was running 40s. <laughs> and he was running wind sprints on his own, over on a side field, away from the media, 
away from the other players. He was just doing it to help him. That's what he does. You don't want to say perfect because perfect, that was Field of Dreams a couple of weeks ago. Right. That was perfect. Right. But this is pretty dang good. No, it is. He's I, checking a lot of boxes. Absolutely is. Uh, look, at he's got my full attention. <laughs> it's been a long time since uh, since the Chicago Bears have been appointment TV, especially in August. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I can't look away. I want to watch this guy. I want to watch him develop. Um, and if it comes down, look, if there were, in previous years, if there was a Vikings game or a Packer game or a Bears team and they weren't playing each other and they were on at the same time, very infrequently the Bears are going to be my first choice sure. and I'll try and watch the others, right? That's not going to be the case, especially when he gets the keys to the car because you've got something here. You've got something here. It's been a long time. You're due for, for this type of player and at least... I mean, I hope we're not setting him up to fail and putting him on this pedestal that ultimately is going to be kicked out from underneath his feet. I don't think that's going to be the case. But I think if you're a Bears fan, you haven't felt like this in a long, 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 long time. Honestly, I don't think a Bears fan has ever felt this way. Because the last time you had a quarterback like this, it was Sid Luckman. And I'm not being <laughs> I, I I'm not being coy. This is the reality. The best quarterback that they've had in my lifetime of forty one years is Jim McMahon. He was always hurt mm-hmm. and got dropped in his mm-hmm. head by a Packer. And for all intents and purposes, it was over for him at that point. Boy, he was tough, though. In terms of talent, is Jay Cutler. The guy's a knucklehead. Yep. He was hard to root for. Yep. He still is hard to root for. He is a very difficult person to wrap your arms around and be beloved. That's not the case with Justin Fields. He is doing everything right. Is there going to be a misstep? Absolutely. I don't think it's going to be a Ryan Leaf moment where he's out there going after a cameraman or anything right. like that. But there's going to be something that he says, something that he does that is going to rub people the wrong way. It's not going to be perfect. It never has been perfect. From Peyton Manning to Tom Brady all the way through the greats, there are always missteps that are going to happen. But this excitement that you talk about, I am, speaking of calloused as a Bears fan, very calloused about bad quarterback play and just a bad run organization in general. But I can't be negative on this guy. I just can't. I try to be, I try to poke a hole, I try to find something. Well, he was an Ohio State quarterback. You know, they're not very good. Right. That doesn't matter. Right. The guy is talented. He's incredibly talented. I think that they can do enough to put talent around him. I am excited for the first time, really excited about a quarterback. This is never the case with Trubisky, as much as you tried to sell me on the dude four years ago. That's not what this yeah. is. It's not Cade McDown. Nope. It's not some flash in the pan nope. free agent coming in. It's none of that. This guy has talent coming mm-hmm. out, doing the right things. It's hard unless you're just trying to poke holes in it, saying that's no, not going to work. I think this is going to work. I'm with you. I thought the same thing, though, to be to be fair. Uh, I thought the same thing about Jay Cutler. Uh, we said as much many, 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 many times. Pralt and I, we had our screaming matches at each other because um, I was convinced that he's, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the league. He had a top 5 arm in the league, but there's more to it uh, than that. So the baseball playoffs from over the weekend, anything floats your boat, anything move your needle at all? I didn't watch one pitch of the Cubs, which is incredibly Good rare. Good for you. I Good. know. I think I'm finally weaning myself Did you get the shakes? No. No? No, good. You know, I would love to know the the pre- and the post-trade deadline, people tuning into Marquee Network. Oh, yeah. Because how would you like to... And there's going to be a bunch of make-goods, I think, for advertising. If you bought advertising on that thing, I mean, who's watching these games? Hardcores. I mean, I look at... I don't even know if they're in, Trent. I right. really don't. I'll watch a little bit tonight because Kyle Hendricks is pitching, mm-hmm. and I like to watch him pitch. 
and it's a Monday, and there's not a ton of games. Yeah, it's been Monday night football, but you're right. There's the, and the White Sox and the Blue Jays play, and I already know how that's going to end. Um, <laughs> not a lot of positivity. I was so jacked up for that series this week, and they can't beat the lowly freaking Detroit Tigers, and you can't throw Detroit's the ball good. from second base to first base. They, you know what they are? They are. That's, they're getting better from the start. They were. They were something like nine and twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Since then, they're over five hundred, mm-hmm. and this isn't like over a month. Everybody has a month right. where they play good baseball. Well, yeah, the Royals were the best team in baseball in right. April. In April, and now they're atrocious. This is over four Although months. they swept the Cubs. The Tigers, they got a manager, too. Mm-hmm. And yep. looking back upon how everything went down with Houston, there was a fall guy. Yeah. I still don't think it should have been him. No, it's well, he knew about it, though. I mean, somebody's got to pay the price, right? Yeah. And that's uh, that's the way it always is. It's always the coach or the manager that mm-hmm. that ultimately pays the price. It's not going to be the players. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, that, they got a manager. They got a, they've got a team. Um, uh, the White Sox in the race, you take anything away from that? The White Sox taking two or three. They lost on Friday and took the last two. The Rays took the, the last two. Took, yeah. Yeah, the Rays took the last two. Another series loss for the White Sox against, against a good the team. good team, right? And it, you lose two out of three. Okay, there's no three-game series when it gets to the mm-hmm. playoffs. It'll be five or more. Yep. But it still continues to kind of stack up here. And when you're beating up on the likes of the Twins and the Royals, Yep. And even the Tigers and Indians to a certain extent. And you look at that record against teams above 500, it's not good. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it means something. But I do think that we get maybe over enamored with that too. That it's ultimately too much. Playoff baseball is so different than regular season baseball. Yeah, you can almost bet with confidence on the under. And the way that the bullpen is set up for the White Sox, mm-hmm. how good that bullpen is, mm-hmm. and what they'll get out of their rotation. Plus, kind of how that offense is going to look come October, I'm not concerned. I don't look at that number and say, see, that's why I can't bet on the White Sox. That's why I don't think they can win a World Series. It's not that record at all. That's not, That's one of the last things that come to my mind when I'm coming up for reasons why the White Sox can't win at all. A couple of holes in the lineup at the bottom, sure. That lefty arm in the bullpen every once yeah. in a while, you know. How much do you trust that starting staff and a couple Uh of those guys, the number three and four starters Mm -hmm. in a playoff game? Those would be things I'd point to before whatever that number is. What are they? I think it's like 17 and 31 against teams above 500, whatever the number is. It's not pretty by any means, but that's not a huge concern for me. No, I'm with you. Look, I still think that this team is, and and they haven't had their guys. I mean, the, 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 the number of games that they've played with their. You know, the, the, the lineup that LaRusso's penciled in when they broke camp in Arizona and thought they'd have for them, they haven't had that. I mean, they've been decimated by injuries. Um, some of their guys are going to get back. Now, Rodon is, what, what's he? Is he, is he long term? More than 10 days. More than 10? Yes. So they hope to get him back, though, at some point? Yes. Uh, and it's a shoulder with him. I remember mm-hmm. it's a shoulder, which isn't good when you're a pitcher. No. Anyways, we will take our first time out. We're going to get to Michael Swain, uh, CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Again, the media had an opportunity to pick the coordinator's brain on Friday. Um, John Haycock, of course, Tom Manning met with the media. We'll catch up with Michael Swain, see what he learned. Any nuggets come out of that? Any guys further down the depth chart trying to make their way up in that depth chart or certainly impress coaches? Wonder if there's any of those names. Uh, that he will share with us uh, that was brought up to him. So we'll get him next. Mitch Holtis, uh, the voice of the Chiefs. They come back um, from Arizona where they played on Friday night. Did you see any of that game? 
offense did not. Mahomes and uh, and Hardeman were not on the same page. Saw the touchdown late in the half. That's when I had flipped it on. It was in the second quarter. I had it on to the background, but wasn't paying close attention to it. Not what you anticipate. Well, I offensive mean, line still kind of working it out too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the right the the, the uh, rookies. There was a couple of moments of struggle in there, especially mm-hmm. Trey Smith. Trey Smith, who's got a ton of accolades, uh, he uh, exposed his QB a couple of times. That, that hit on fields, by the way. I keep coming back to it. Yeah, Jesus, that was his blindside. Um, that's the, that's the definition of blindside play. Ooh, got his block knocked off, but he got up, which is the good news. Ten twenty-five. Uh, Michael Swain next. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station. Fourteen sixty KXNO and one. Wayne, that Emory sent you. Back to Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three FM. Just past 10.30, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We take you until noon, still to come this hour. Uh, in addition to our friend Michael Swain, who joins us momentarily, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he'll be with us at about 10 minutes before the hour. Papa John's of Central Iowa sponsor, Mitch. Here's Michael Swain, a 24-7 sports cyclone alert.com. He joins the program, had opportunities to listen in to John Haycock, uh, as well to Tom Manning on Friday. Uh, Michael, as always, we appreciate uh, what you do for us here. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, I want to start with, I think, a story that's kind of getting a, flying a little bit under the radar. I know you wrote about it uh, yesterday at CycloneAlert.com, and that's Brock Purdy, who technically, as you pointed out, absolutely he could come back next year, should he so choose to. But boy, it sounds like that is not even uh, on his uh, list of uh, options. Only if uh, something were to happen, I think is how he put it. He's treating like this is this is his last season, um, which I guess probably I think caught some people off guard. How are you? Yeah, doing great. And I, I think you are right. It was I think it was just interesting that you know Brock Purdy was kind of straightforward with his answer. You know, he wasn't really one to push it down the road and say, oh, I'll make that decision, you know, when the season's over. The fact that he, I think, was very straightforward and said he's treating this as his last season, I think, is what maybe caught my attention and got me to write about it. Because, you know, Brock Purdy is not one to get too far ahead of things. He's very much a day-by-day type of guy. You listen to the coaches talk about him, players talk about him. He's not somebody that gets caught up a lot in the future. So I thought it was notable that he said that. And I think it's a very different answer than he gave, for example, after the Fiesta Bowl, where you know, within an hour of the game ending, he was like, yeah, I'm coming back. Like, it wasn't even a decision for him to forego the senior season and go to the NFL. So I think it's notable. And I think it, for Iowa State fans, too, they kind of get the opportunity to really know that this is pretty much going to be the last ride unless something else happens. And I think that, of course, you look at the legacy Brock Purdy's going to leave. I mean, it, undoubtedly, I think the best quarterback to ever play at Iowa State, I know Seneca Wallace put up big numbers back in the early 2000s, but I mean, Brock Purdy has rewritten the record books. And I think mm-hmm. that, his impact he's had on the program in terms of winning, the, pro- the impact he's had in terms of kind of helping establish the culture that is there right now. I mean, I'll read this quote here from Joel Gordon, the quarterback's coach. I thought it really stood out. Um, he said, you know, quote, we love him. I wish he could stay here and keep playing. I'd love to coach him for the rest of my career. I think that really stands out and kind of maybe shows the overall impact Brock Purdy's had on this program. You know, the quarterback conversation continued on uh, Friday a little bit more and talking about Purdy and how you improve. Yes, he's got tons of records. There's so many great things that have happened there. 
but there's also still things that he can improve upon. And one of the things that, that I saw that popped out when I was reading through the transcript, being consistent in our daily habits. That's something that jumps out there. One thing you continue here with Brock Purdy, a guy that doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, is footwork. Did that come up at all? Yeah, and it has. And I, I, I've always enjoyed talking to Brock Purdy because I think that he's very straightforward with what he wants. And he's very open about what he's trying to improve and something that he talked about a lot over the course of this offseason, whether it was in the spring or kind of during fall camp now, is the fact that, like you said, just being consistent. Being consistent with his decisions with the football, being consistent with his overall technique and footwork. And I think for him, if Brock Purdy is going to kind of reach the his own kind of full potential, you hear Matt Campbell talk about, it is going to be that. It's going to be making the right decisions game in and game out because we've seen what happens when Brock Purdy gets on a roll and he starts making the right decisions. You saw at the end of last year, I don't think there was a, a quarterback in the Big 12 that was better than Brock Purdy kind of over the final three, four games of the Big 12 regular season. Now, you know, we talked about it before that the Big 12 title game is maybe a microcosm of what Brock Purdy is, the quarterback where, you know, throws three interceptions but still right. kind of has Iowa State in the game mm-hmm. there. So it, it is that. It's the fundamentals and technique that you kind of hear the Iowa State coaches harp on. But I think that's going to be the key for Brock Purdy this season is just being able to be consistent, play in, play out, and not get caught up in any sort of moments or trying to make too much out of one in particular play because – you know, what's different now is he has the offensive line in front of him where he has the trust of the offensive line. He believes in those guys. They're going to keep him clean. So he doesn't necessarily need to kind of make things happen on a whim on each play. He can kind of rely on the scheme, on his on his teammates to be able to make big things happen. Uh, Michael Swain from uh, Cyclone Alert is our guest. You can follow Michael on Twitter, M Swain S W A I N two forty seven M Swain two forty seven on Twitter. Well, you had both coordinators on Friday. Uh, let's start with Tom Manning first of all, since we're talking offense with Purdy and company. Uh, what, uh, if anything, did Tom Manning say in response to one of uh, the media's question that that stuck with you, Michael? Yeah, actually, I thought it was really fascinating because obviously Iowa State's really experienced, and a lot of these players like Chase Allen, Charlie Kolar, Brock Purdy have been in the program for you know going on four years now plus. And something that Manning said was that nowadays during practice that the guys will come off the field and ask questions that get Manning thinking, rethinking plays or schemes or the way that they're doing things, which I think really speaks to kind of that player-led leadership that Iowa State has that I think is different than a lot of different programs where I think the players aren't afraid to ask intelligent questions and aren't afraid to maybe push the coaches in certain ways where they're not afraid to ask questions and maybe put the coaches in conflict of rethinking the ways that they are doing things. And so I thought that really stood out, that Manning was kind of open about kind of players asking really smart questions, but ones that almost kind of get the coaches rethinking the way that they're doing things right now. Over on the defensive side of the ball, Heacock had a couple of good quotes, and he seems just like a no-nonsense kind of guy. You know, there's not going to be a whole lot of guessing as it pertains to what he said. But uh, one of the things that really jumped out was this quote, from Coach Heacock. If you don't show up for practice, no. you'll be embarrassed. No. Love that one. Seems like it should be a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, that de- yes, that definitely would be a t-shirt. You know, Heacock would get some NIL money if he was a player <laughs> for that type of t-shirt. Um, but yeah, I think that goes back to what Iowa State has done since last fall camp, the start of the 2020 season, where they have started to practice the number one. The starters are going against the starters day in and day out in practice. Now, they aren't doing you know, these multi-hour-long practices with 70, 80 reps for each starter, but they're going to go really hard for a limited number of reps and really maximize those opportunities that they have in practice. 
Um, and that's where that comes from. If you're a starter and you're not going to show up to practice and kind of try and mail it in for a practice, you will get embarrassed because you've got a Heisman contender in Brees Hall on offense. You've got someone in Aishim Young on defense who is just a physical player. You've got just quality up and down the roster in terms of the starters. And then in terms of those secondary guys, they're able to kind of come in and plug and play a little bit where guys do get their opportunities. It's not exclusively like we have the two deep depth chart and the starters are the only ones that are going against each other. There are times where the secondary players, those number twos will come in and go with the starters so that they can gauge how ready these secondary players are. And by all accounts, I think that those secondary players have taken a step forward this season with those opportunities they have been able to get against those number ones. I enjoyed your piece today on uh, on one of those. I don't know if you want to call him a secondary player. Matt Campbell wanted no part of that. Um, and, and and Zach Peterson. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many you know uh, Mondays we'd come in here and I'd be I'd bring up fifty five. You know, Bailey got you get um, you know he got the sack record, and then we see what saw what Will McDonald did yesterday the the yearly sack record, and Awazarike was a guy that got a ton of publicity, and all eyes last year were on Latrell Bankston we when he uh, was with Iowa State. But game in and game out, there was a play that Zach Peterson, um, you know, was helping out his team. Campbell noticed it, but for whatever reason, he's kind of flown under the radar. What kind of camp has Peterson had, and what are the expectations for him uh, as he tries to take another step? Yeah, his trajectory at Iowa State is so fascinating, and that's why I kind of I wanted to write about it over the weekend. Was that you look at him? He played. He was one of four freshmen, I believe, that when he came into the program that didn't redshirt. Then as a sophomore, when Jaquan Bailey goes down for the season, he steps in and starts the final nine games of the season. He ends up playing around 60% of Iowa State snaps on defense for the entire year. So he was playing a bunch during his sophomore season. Then last year, when you have Jaquan Bailey and Will McDonald on one side, you know, Eniwazirike on the other side, his playing time went down a little bit. Now he was still a factor on special teams and is still someone that contributes in that facet of the game. But his snaps on the defensive side of the ball went from 60% down to 30%. And now, with Jaquan Bailey gone, Will McDonald on one side, and Iwazirike on the other, it seems like he's someone that could have a, a role as kind of that first guy off the bench, if you will, at the defensive end spot. Because, you know, Iwazirike will probably slide inside at times this season to cover the nose guard position. Perfect. Zach Peterson will probably go play that, you know, boundary side defensive end role that Iwazirike plays. If Will McDonald gets tired, probably going to be Zach Peterson or Corey Shuttle or Cordarius Bailey that go in to that position as well. And as for the offseason that Zach Peterson has had, Eli Rashid said he's up to 280 pounds, which would be up about 13 pounds from his listing last season. So he's someone that I think has had a really strong offseason. Eli Rashid has really praised his leadership, saying that he's become a lot more vocal kind of over the course of this offseason. And even Eni Wazirike said that you know, Zach Peterson is someone that he leans on when something goes wrong and there are plays that he isn't necessarily um, too uh, familiar with that he wants to get more understanding of. He goes to Zach Peterson for that stuff. So I think you're looking at someone that's going to play a versatile role this fall, but also just be a really big leader in that defensive line room. Your Camp Countdown series continues at CycloneAlert.com. Michael, Jake Remsburg was a part of it the other day. Offensive lineman, Central Iowa kid from right around here, has battled injury, but when he's out there, I've been really impressed by him. Where's he injury-wise as he makes his way back and expectations for him here in 2021? Yeah, definitely. So Remsburg suffered that kind of upper body injury on the first drive of the Big 12 title game. Um, He was a kind of a a so-so go in terms of spring practice. He didn't really do a ton of physical stuff, was more focused on technique. 
kind of getting into the playbook and understanding that aspect of things. And then going into summer is when Jake Remsburg said that he was kind of feeling back to normal. And now he's competing for that starting spot at right tackle. Um, I probably would guess if we earn that starting spot at right tackle just from what we saw last season and just what we've heard during fall camp. Um, I think he's someone that you look kind of long-term future. I think you'd even slide over maybe to left tackle long-term if, you know, when Don Foster leaves. He's someone that you mentioned the high end potential. I think that's there. He's someone that I think you look at him being now just a redshirt sophomore with the extra COVID year two. I mean, he's someone that could hold down either one of those tackle spots for years to come. Mm. Uh, so are you, there, there will be, If um, my understanding is there's no more opportunities before Matt Campbell for you guys to talk to any of the position coaches that uh, this week, Michael, is that right? Correct, yeah. So I think we're waiting on Matt Campbell. I think it might be game week. I'm not yep. sure if we have anything coming up this week. But yeah, so we're past kind of all the coordinators, all the players. Now they're kind of getting into the final week of uh, kind of fall camp before they head in their first game week. Mm. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Good work as always, Michael. Thank you for joining us here today. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at mswain247. Nothing on basketball. We haven't had an Iowa State basketball story in months. No, and normally in August we'd find one to talk about. Right, yeah. Well, not the last couple of years, but certainly a lot of... Of course, we don't have the Cap City League, so that's a piece of it. That something comes out and just... You miss that? I do just for content-wise. Yeah, Yeah, it's just... It's a jump. We're not breaking down the game. Right. It's a jumping off point. Yeah. Hey, this guy looked really good. Mm-hmm. Can it translate? Dot, dot, dot. That's what it is, and we don't have that anymore. Talked about this last week with Tom Cakert on the Iowa side, and here on the Iowa State, just there's no summer stories unless you know a guy gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's about the only thing that you get during the summertime, and yeah, it stinks. We're going to get those back. I hope so. Yeah. Now, the, uh, the Cap City League survived. Primetime, is it still, did it? It's, it's defunct, done, right? Yeah. What was the guy's name that ran that? Gary Larson? Greg Lar- Larson. Uh, Larson. Something Larson. Lawyer over there. Yeah. It's not, not Gary Larson. Is it Gary Larson? No, Gary Larson, I think, That's wrote the Far him. Side cartoon. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Primetime League's been uh, kaput for a while, yeah. but uh, uh, the Cap City League was going on. I hope so. I hope um, you get back to normal in a lot of areas. Uh, we'll get back to Mitch Holtis. How about that? Uh, it's 1045. Mitch Holtis joins us as we have another week of daily appearances with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's coming up next. It's Miller and Condon on 1460. KXNO and 106. Your debt's off. Jackson. Fourteen sixty KXNO 106.3 FM. Ten minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. We are right on time, Trent Condon. Uh, let's get to the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Papa John's in Central Iowa sponsors this segment. Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Chiefs back from Arizona, and he joins us. Hello, Mitch. Trent and Ken, how are you? Good, guys. Uh, doing okay. Yeah, we're the preseason has switch to the Kansas City mode. We've left St. Joe, but still uh, grinding away here. Going to make some cuts tomorrow and uh, preseason game, uh, third one, final one on Friday at Arrowhead Stadium. G-E-H-A field at Arrowhead Stadium. Ah, nice. Well, it'll be nice to be at the uh, stay home uh, and play this oh. time. So let's before we before we get into your to your piece, and it is it's a, it's going to be a very nervous time for a lot of guys on that proverbial bubble. What uh, going back to Friday night, Mitch? Here here's my observation. I thought that Mahomes and Hardman 
Uh, Hardman wasn't on the same page as his quarterback for a lot of that game, seemingly, when they were in there together. I thought the offense kind of sputtered a little bit, something we're not used to. Did I Was I wrong in seeing that with Mahomes in the game I'm referring to? No, I think you're correct. And uh, Tyreek Hill didn't play. We expected him to play some, but he had some hamstring issues, and they thought, now it's super precaution, let's don't play him. And uh, I, I think that kind of threw, and it was a late uh, late um, scratch. scratch. So yeah. basically kind of threw things off a little bit. They had to adjust some double teams by Arizona, and I think the Chiefs were experimenting. They've been experimenting on some of these route concepts that, I mean, they didn't run all the stuff they would run if it was a regular season game. And they were trying to experiment, I think, with McCall Hardman. And so uh, Hardman got the catch later on a corner route from Chad Henney. But I think there was uh, just a few things thrown off. Then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire injured his foot like mm-hmm. two or three plays into the game. And all of a sudden, they kind of were scrambling in this experimental mode. So nothing to get alarmed about, but I, I think you're, you're accurate. But other than that, I mean, Mahomes probably had the worst game of anybody. Yeah. But other than that, uh, it, I actually felt better about this game than I did the San Francisco game because it was more comprehensive. And the other thing is you're seeing a glimpse of what this team could do defensively. I think that yes. uh, they're going to be much better defensively, much more powerful, much more explosive. They've had nine sacks now in two preseason games, and it's all just coming from the fours. And it's not just coming from blitzes like – uh, Steve Spagnuolo, in many ways, has uh, redone this defense, and so I, I like what I've seen so far. What can you tell us about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who uh, left the game listed as questionable, I saw, after the injury Friday night? Well, they're back on the field this afternoon. They're going to have to deal with the heat here a little bit. I'm curious how Coach will approach it, because it's hot and humid, probably is in Des Moines, too, and they're supposed to be in pads for this. This is a regular season uh, Wednesday practice, which is the biggest workday week uh, of the year. So you may go shells and lighten up, but uh, we'll know more after this practice. But I don't think it's anything uh, crazy. Uh, they talked about ankle. Coach said after the game it's not a high ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. But, again, more precaution than anything else. You just don't want it to be, even with a hamstring with Tyree Kill, you don't want it to be something that would be reoccurring or linger or pop up again during the regular season. So you, right now you've got essentially two, almost three weeks for him to heal if uh, if it's we're going to require that much healing. So um, no news so far is good news, but we'll have more news later, and we can uh, check in tomorrow on it. Uh, got a couple of guys from your report last week that we were watching. You, you mentioned uh, Fountain from you and I. He looked really good. I think he's gonna. Yep. They're gonna have a difficult time keeping him off the off the roster. And the guy that you've told us about a couple of times, in Noah Gray, got into the game early, Mitch, and uh, they went to him a couple of times. Played a lot of snaps. I think he had thirty eight snaps. He was among the le- forty one snaps. He was among the leaders in in. Uh, and I think that that was by design too, Ken. They wanted to feed him a little bit because he did not have a good game against San Francisco, the drop that led to an interception. Um, and so I think that was by design to try to get his confidence roaring just a little bit. But we're at the cut line again. And there's, there's a guy I wanted to mention yep. just to give you a sense of the tension in the cut line, and it's DiCaprio Boodle. He's a Nebraska Cornhusker. That won't endear himself to the Hawk- Hawkeyes listening. <laughs> right. uh, but it will to the Donaldsons, who, by the way, kind of like the Cornhuskers, don't still buy their pizza in spite of all that. But, but Boodle's right at the cut line. He went from being just a guy to move up the charts. Nine corners in this camp. Five will make it, maybe six. But Boodle is just trying to get to the practice squad and control what he can control.
All right, everybody in the Cornhusker land wants to know how this is going for you. It's been fun to see you kind of climb up the charts. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been going well. I've just been out here flying around, you know, taking the coaching when, when it comes to me and just, you know, trying to fly around, make plays and stuff. You know, the guys have really gravitated towards me. They see I'm out here working hard, and, you know, in return, I get them the respect that, you know, they deserve uh, playing in this game. They teach me a lot. So, you know, I'm, I'm having a great time out here, honestly. Okay, you're getting a lot of reps at the nickel slot position. Uh, that and some special teams, you get to force the ball out the other night. But what about playing the, the nickel slot and trying to figure out a way to make an impact in this league? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a fast game in this league. You know, um, I realized that quickly uh, the last time I played. So you know, every every time I go out there, I try to get a little bit better. But um, the game is the, the the game is definitely fun being in that nickel slot position. You know, you get close to the run games where you can go ahead and you know get your hat in there sometimes, and then you know you got pass responsibilities too. So you're like the ultimate player once you're in the, in the nickel slot position. So I really taking that role and you know try to embrace it and you know just continue growing. He's right there. We'll know tomorrow morning. By the time we do this report tomorrow morning, we'll know if Boodle has made the next step. And I'm telling you, he uh, Fountain's probably a little bit ahead of him, but he's right at the cut line. This will be a night he won't sleep much. Yeah, he, indeed. Mitch, can you notice it? I mean, is, is camp different when, when cut-down day? I mean, I, it's got to be for the players and the yeah. coaches, but can you guys kind of on the periphery, can you tell that, the, uh, that this, there's a lot of guys with a lot on their minds? Yes, very much so. Very much so. And um, it's you start they, they're doing numbers like we're doing numbers. Sure. I mean they're not dumb. And so they look at, hey, where am I at? Where do I fit in? Where do I and it's not just DiCaprio beating other corners. If they keep an extra safety, that knocks him out. Uh, and so it's and the offensive side. If the offensive side decides to keep four tight ends, six wide receivers and ten offensive linemen, which I was hearing, you know, getting on the plane in uh, in Phoenix I'm like, holy cow, you're not leaving any defensive guys. You could have 24 guys on the defensive side, which means uh, that would shove Boodle, uh, Boodle down the list. But his, his, his role, Ken, right now, his best bet for Boodle, he's come out of nowhere, is get to the practice squad mm-hmm. and make $8,400 a week during the regular season. Every week he's on the practice squad. Now he's not guaranteed he can come and go. They can zip you out of that. But he's got to get on the beauty pageant circuit here and get the equivalent of an NFL redshirt. Uh, Mitch, um, before we talk about Papa John's, I'm, I'm guessing that that picture of uh, Mahomes rubbing your shoulders at the, <laughs> when you sat <laughs> at the podium, I mean, that's going to be one that the family keeps at some point when, uh, you know, 20 years or 15, whatever it is, 20 years from now, when uh, Patrick Mahomes marches into Canton at his first opportunity. I thought that was a great picture. I know it's a great picture. Go ahead. Sorry. No, he's just a 10-year-old kid. Yeah. So I get introduced to the team. I introduce him one at a time, and, of course, he's last. Right. Sure. This is Michael Jordan, and so and then he gives me the you know whoopee cushion kind of, and then the and the back rub, and I'm thinking, ah, that's why Brittany likes you so much. That <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, he's he's a kid, and that's why he, the, the people love him around here because he's just this inner ten year old kid that hey, come on, Ken, come down to the block and bring Trent, we'll get a game up. Mm-hmm. That's the way he is. Uh, the music's just, playing. We'll have to talk more yep. about Papa John's tomorrow, yep. my friend. Thanks Special for doing coming. this. Look at the drone right right above the station. There's a drone. That's Good stuff. We will. Talk to you tomorrow. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be back with us tomorrow. We'll talk baseball. Matt Snyder, CBS Sports, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic on the Big Ten in Iowa at 1130. 1460, 106.3 FM.